You're listening to Leafs Lunch with Julia Tusheri and Michael DeStefano on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. Another centering pass. How did Murray get over there? Holy mackinac, what a save. He was well over on the left-hand side of the net. I'm not sure he stopped this with the front of his equipment or his back. Now here's Tavares going to the front of the net. Nylander to Tavares. He scores! I think John Tavares was standing there. Is this ever going to get to me? A chance now for Carson and centering in front. They score! Forsberg in front of the net. Someone's lost a stick as it comes to Marner. He scores! Holy mackinac! The Wizard has given the Leafs the lead! intercepts. The game is over. And the Maple Leafs preserve a 2-1 victory on a goal from Mitch Marner. You know, not the most exciting hockey game I've ever watched in my life, A.B., but a little bit of Mitch Marner magic in the dying minutes of a tied game on the power play, a power play that I'll note was was pretty bad God for the awful. rest of that God game. Uh, kind of fixes things, no? Yeah, I mean, I thought Sheldon Keefe had a pretty had a pretty funny line at the end where someone asked about the power play, and he's like, I mean, at the end of the day, it won the game, so coach yep. is going to keep his mouth shut. I thought it was a pretty pretty good line to kind of end off his media veil. Um, yeah, like it wasn't the it wasn't the best game last night. I actually thought it was a pretty entertaining first period, funny enough. Like I was down on the I was down at the building. I was watching the game and Matt Murray was kind of putting on a show for Leaf fans there and like you and I have been down to to a lot of games over these last couple of seasons and the building doesn't get all too lively. We know this, right? This has been an issue in Toronto for, for many, many years. But I got to tip my cap to the, the, the people who were at Scotiabank Arena last night. They were really giving Murray his flowers when he made that save on Tanner Janot, like the Woo! original save, and then that diving, sprawling stop that he made, um, which just, like, that's just keeping with the play, right? That's just not quitting on a play and trying to do whatever you can to make the save. And, you know, he had to outduel UC Sorrows last night, who was equally as good. It was it was a true goaltending duel. And what I kind of take from last night's game is it's been a while since Toronto's been on the winning side of a goalie battle. Yeah. Like, so often... We come out and we just say, oh, Toronto got goalied. Like, can't our goalie go out and win one for once? And they act like last night, Matt Murray went out there and won the game for Toronto. It was, it was, it was really good to see. So, yes, it wasn't the most entertaining game. There wasn't a that whole second lot period. of action. Second period, a little Woo! bit of a lull. Especially with the 7.30 start, I was fighting in a bit. Smacking yeah. Smacking in the face. Come on, Julie. You're a little engaged. Bit, You're little engaged. Bit. Come on, girl. But ultimately, you know, I think it was, a you know, one of the games that uh, – you know, the Maple Leafs this season, they've been winning games in a whole plethora of ways, which wasn't necessarily the case a couple of years ago. It was more run and gun, let's win these games, you know, 5-4, 6-4. You know, it was a lot of high-scoring games. Now they're proving, like, hey, we can win one at whatever game we want. If Nashville wants to slow the game down, all right, we can play that way too. We'll get some good goaltending, and then we'll pick our spots and we'll score. And uh, although the power play was terrible, we'll eventually get a power play goal, and we'll win a game grinded out 2-1. And that's what we saw last night, just another way that the Maple Leafs have proven that they can win games. 
And you're going to have to find lots of different ways to do it if they're going to have any success in the postseason, which we know is the goal this year. We're going to have Craig Button on in the next five minutes. Frankie Corrado will join us a little bit later. Leafs play again tonight, by the way, in Detroit. Back to back, you can watch that game on TSN four. I want to pick back up. I just want to pick back up on the Matt Murray thing because you brought up, um, you know, it's it's games that you you're going to have to win these things. Doesn't it give you more confidence in the playoffs? Yeah. Like, in the Leafs' defense, too, because I was kind of thinking, I don't know how many games the goalie has had to steal for them this year, right? Yeah, not not like they a haven't whole been lot. in that position many times. Like earlier in the year when they were when right. they weren't scoring a lot, you know, the goalies were playing really really well. But I wouldn't say they had to because it's not like the other guys on the other side were playing at a Vesna level. UC Soros was. Yeah, so they were going save for save with each other last night, and Matt like the Murray came out on top. Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, Pecorine would have been the, I'm just the starter the there. But vibes. Yeah, right. Okay, I, I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> but yeah, Matt Murray uh, came up victorious last night. But you know, I, I was we were having this conversation before. I mean, we know we're having a crash, a uh, collision course against the Tampa Bay Lightning in the playoffs. Okay, hilarious observation. I forget who made the observation today, but everybody's always got suggestions as to how the NHL could change and and how the playoff format could change. And a lot of people's thought is go back to the 1-8 to seed. And if you look at the standings right now, the Leafs still get Tampa. This has legitimately been a thing for like a month and a half. Like yes. it's it's been Tampa for the last month and a half. And that's just based on the strengths of this Atlantic division. So you got the number one seed in the Boston Bruins, and they've got your two and your three seed, I guess, would have been going to other divisions back in the past. That's a thing too, also, that doesn't get talked about a lot. There were three divisions at the time there was an eight seed thing, right? Yeah. So like how does that change? If if they were to go back to the one through eight does it now just the first two or get the first two spots? I don't know. The thing is, finish? I don't really think it's changing. Well, probably not. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just probably a, a not really worth having that conversation. But, um, yeah, it, it, either way, they're playing the Tampa Bay Lightning, and it seems as though they're going to play the Tampa Bay Lightning again in the playoffs. So, you know, being able to have a goaltender and having trust, I guess, in Matt Murray, and I think he's building that trust in the fan base. I think he might already have that trust from uh, Sheldon Keefe and Kyle Dubas dating back to their Sioux days. I think that they look at Matt Murray and say, we brought him in not to win us games in the regular season. It's nice that he's proving that he can do that, yep. but to win games in the playoffs. And now he's showing, like, hey, this is the level of goaltending that I can be at. I can match some of the best in the world like UC Soros. And, you know, last night he, he came out on top. They're hoping he could do that again come this spring when they're going to be taking on another top-end goaltender and Andre Vasilevsky in a seven-game series. Oh, it's so crazy that we, we feel so confident that it's going to be Tampa right now here it's, on it's, January it's 12th, be. but that's the case. And with that, let's bring in our TSN hockey analyst, one of our faves, Craig Button. Craig, how's it going? It's going good, Julia. How are you? We're having a great day. It's, it's, a, it's been a little gr- gloomy around Toronto lately. I feel like there hasn't been misty, sun in like two day. weeks, but yeah. Matt Murray provided some light for Leafs Nation in Toronto last night. What did you think of his performance going head-to-head with Soros last night? Well, I mean, it was... Uh, I mean, the, the National Predators challenged uh, Toronto in ways that not a lot of teams have in the last six weeks. And quality chances and really forcing Matt Murray to be right sharp and on top of his game. He was. And you know, we, it comes right down to the, to, to the final minutes, and, you know, Toronto gets the edge uh, with the power play goal, but you know, Matt Murray playing so strong, uh, you know, that, that becomes a harder game to win. And, uh, you know, and, and being in tight games uh, where, where you're challenged, it's, it's different when you're in a tight game and not challenging you. 
that's what was challenging uh, Toronto and Matt Murray. So getting comfortable in that role. I mean, Matt Murray has been in Stanley Cup final games, so he he he, he knows the feeling. But you know, demonstrating it to your new teammates and to your new team, and and and, and showing yourself that you can find that form once again. As you point out, Julia, it sounds crazy on January 12th to be talking about uh, a first round matchup with the Tampa Bay Lightning, but certainly is where all signs point to. Um, I'm curious, Craig. You know, last night, uh, Matt Murray, as you said, had a, had a solid night. And, and we know we have this collision course coming with Tampa Bay. But after last night's performance, I mean, would that give you a level of confidence knowing, like, okay, this guy has it in him. He showed it in the past, and it looks like it's reemerging for when these two do play in the playoffs and that he can go toe-to-toe with Vasilevsky. Well, I... I, I... You start to look at, at Matt Murray, you know, the way he started the season and then coming back. I, you know, I, I guess what I would say, A.B., is, is that games like that just reinforce your belief that he can do it. And I think for, for Matt Murray, it becomes important for him to, to show it as well. And when you put it all together and he's able uh, to, to, to demonstrate it. I, I, I don't know how you can have confidence. You're going to have confidence. And that's what you want a goaltender to do is, is just inspire that confidence in you. And to me, that's exactly what he did. Also got to be some confidence-inspiring moments when you win a game like that without Austin Matthews in the lineup. And William Nylander really stepped up last night in his absence, even though he didn't actually score a goal. What can you say about the way that William Nylander has kind of become just a little bit more versatile this season? You know, Julia, I, I, I'm, I'm a big... Uh, I, I might be the president of the William Nylander fan club. I like it. I need <laughs> a know? hat. I need a hat. Well, you can have a hat. Like, you know, people wanted to trade William Nylander. Get rid of William Nylander. You can't win without William Nylander. I'll take my chances with William Nylander. And, you know, his contract is fantastic. His performance is fantastic. And, you know, William Nylander just continues to produce and produce and produce and produce and, and be a major factor. And, you know, you, you, you don't need – you need all your players contributing to the best of their abilities. And I, I love what William said yesterday. He said – you know, I, I, he goes, this is where I expected myself to be. This is where I saw myself. And he said, I still think there's more uh, there for, for me to, to improve on and to get better at. I, that's what you want. And, you know, we forget at times that William Nylander, it seems like he's been in the league forever. He's still a very young player mm-hmm. and still a player that, you know, when you talk about the versatility, you know, he can, you know, in a pinch, swing into the middle, you know, Play, in different, play on different lines and still be productive. I, I, I think the, the, the maligning of, of William Nylander over the previous years has, has, has been something that I, I don't think has been warranted. So he was left off of TSN, 10, uh, well, TSN, I guess, their top 50 list this season. Craig, MJ was on first up this morning saying that he's been, to him, one of the best wingers in the entire league uh, through the midway point of the season. If you had to put together a regular or a mid-season list here of your TSN top 50, I mean, where would he rank? Does he break the 50, your top 40, top 30? Like, Where is William Nylander at right now um, amongst you know some of the most elite players in the league? Well, I mean, I, I mean just go look at the wingers. <laughs> I mean that's a hard that's a hard group to get into. I mean uh, I mean that's a I mean we're, we're we're talking about like Kucherov and Pasternak and Ovechkin and Rantanen and everything and he's not in that group. 
He simply isn't in that group. And but but does he move into the top fifty? Perhaps he does. But the, the top fifty of the National Hockey League is an elite, elite club. Has, has he shown that he can be in the discussion? Absolutely, he has. Without looking at it, AB, I don't know where he is. I don't know if he'd be forty or sixty or fifty-five or forty-five. I don't know where he is. All I know is this: it doesn't matter. What matters is is that William Nylander is contributing for the Toronto Maple Leafs, and for William Nylander to continue to produce, and I, I have every expectation he will, and no doubts, and, and and carry that into the playoffs. That's what matters. It doesn't matter if he's in the top fifty TSN's <laughs> list. You're right. I can't imagine he cares too much, and I can't imagine John Tavares does either. He hit the 20 goal mark last night for the 13th time in his career. I was I was kind of staggered to find out that only Ovechkin has only more 20 goal seasons uh, among active players. John Tavares has had such a productive year, and kind of quietly, Craig, has that just kind of been the story of his time as a Maple Leaf? Really productive, but kind of quiet among all the other superstars in the cast. Well, here's what I would say. I, I, I would say that John Tavares is a model of consistency. You know, 20 goals. I mean, only Ovechkin has more 20-goal seasons since John Tavares entered the league. So, you know, that, that, that speaks to a, to, to a reliability, a dependability of what you're going to get from John Tavares. And, you know, he delivers year in, year out. And I think that, you know, when, when, when you think about John, I mean, I think that, you, you you think about somebody that just is businesslike and goes about his performance with a, with an approach that says, you know what, I'm not going to be a flash and dash guy, but I'm going to be a purposeful, consistent producer. And, and, and you can rely upon that with John. And, you know, I, I don't think John's a superstar in the league. I, do I think John's a star player? Absolutely I do. Do I think that John is an important player uh, for the Toronto Maple Leafs? Absolutely he is. But... You know, I think that, you know, season in, season out, what you see from John Tavares is exactly what he delivers, and you can count on it. A lot of times, and, 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 you know, to be able to count on consistent performance at, at a high level that John delivers, you know, not, you, you can't always count on that. And, and, and with John, you can. We're chatting with Craig Butner, TSN hockey analyst. Um, so Austin Matthews looks like he's going to be a game time decision again today in Detroit. How would you be handling this Austin Matthews situation? And and it's interesting because when you were a general manager in the hockey in the National Hockey League, I mean you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't recall the term load management, I guess, being brought up as much as it's being brought up now. Like what 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 do you think about how the modern day game has played and how you know it's kind of catered towards athletes getting their optimum optimal efficiency by maybe taking some nights off. Like would you be okay with giving Austin a couple of days off here just if it makes him play better the rest of the way? Like how would you be handling this as uh you know, if if you were I guess Kyle Dubas and the Maple Leafs training staff? Load management didn't come in until Kawhi Leonard showed up with the Raptors. <laughs> That's what I here, okay? <laughs> so, like, you know, so here's what I think. If Austin Matthews, you know, has, a, has an injury and he's less than 100% and there's risk of him, uh, you know, uh, hurting himself more, you sit him out. You know what? This load management crap, it's, it, you're charging fans hundreds of dollars to come and watch your, to watch your players play. Uh, here's what I would say. If you want to have a load management call, good. To give the fans back money for, for you don't get to see the stars. You know, if you're hurt, legitimately hurt, and you're at risk, 
hey, I'm all for it. Like, you better sit out. And with Austin Matthews, if there's an injury there, I want him to be as close to 100% as possible. And, and you know, that's not always going to be the case. But the load management to rest players when you're charging hundreds of dollars to fans, garbage. Uh, honestly, the greatest testament to your statement just now is that game last night and, and trying to watch it without Austin Matthews. I missed him a lot last night. <laughs> and I'd imagine that, that everybody like who, who bought tickets to the game last night felt the same way. We're in conversation right now with TSN Hockey. Well, I, I, I just want to like, are you are you worried that you know load management is infiltrating hockey? Like this kind of, I know they're not coming out and saying this is what this is, but like we were no, down at, at practice. it sounds more like he has something that's up, and they we don't were, want to say what that is. Right, but typically, and this is where, you know, Craig, you could correct me if I'm wrong, hockey more so than I guess we've seen in other sports, players play through injury, and it doesn't seem like the Maple Leafs want these guys playing through it. They would rather them rest up. I mean, could... Austin have played yesterday. We saw him at practice. He looked like he was normal. Like right. he, he wasn't laboring at all. I mean, obviously we don't know what's going on through his head. Could he be playing tonight? He probably could if it was a must-win game, but it's not. So they, you know, are going to take the safe route. I mean, would you be okay with this happening more often, I guess, in, in the NHL? Like we see in, in the NBA? Listen, load management is garbage, AB. I don't even know how, how better to put it. You know what? <laughs> You know, if you want me to throw some explicitives in there, I could, but I'm not going to. It's garbage. (laughs) Now, listen, you know what? There's a difference between playing hurt and playing injured. Mm -hmm. Playing injured is never Ah. something that a player should do, okay? And if a player is at risk of, 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 of his injury becoming more severe, if he's at risk of, uh, you know, getting himself into, into deeper trouble, you don't play. That's the way it should be. But to manage a player, because oh, we want to give him a little bit of rest. Uh, uh-uh. nah, not nah, never, not buying in ever. That's and if it infiltrates the NHL, we got a problem. Yeah, that's former NHL GM Craig Button on the phone right now. It's a very busy time right now for current NHL GMs who are gearing up for the trade deadline. And I heard Brian Hayes say on Overdrive something to the effect of maybe they just need to bring in a big name to to spark the market and, and get some excitement going. And then yesterday we had Josh Cloak on, and everyone kind of laughed at him when he said that. Everyone was like, Hayes, the, the, it's not for you. Nobody's trying to get you excited. Yeah. And then Josh Cloak said something yesterday uh, about bringing in a big name not to spark the market or, or spark us in the media, they don't care about us, but to spark the locker room, bring in a big name like that. Have you seen that sort of thing work in the past, Craig, where you've got a good team and then you bring in one big name player and it really just uh, kind of instills the fact just how much confidence the GM has in the group? If the big name's a player that helps you in, in an area that you need help in, uh, bring him in. Yeah, <laughs> but, but I just but mean like, in terms you know of what? what it does for the room, the way that... Yeah, the... You know what? Players want to see players that can help them play, win. Right. You know what? If you, if you bring in a big name and it's not a player that's going to come in and help you, like it, it doesn't make a difference. Players are dialed in to win, to compete, to be successful. They know if a player can help them. You know, this big name stuff, like, you know what, like... Great, like bringing a big name. What you need is just good players that can help you win. Uh, l- 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 let's go back. Let's go back to last year. Nick Paul, big name, right? Big name coming down to <laughs> yeah, Tampa. exactly. Oh, Josh Manson, big name going to Colorado. Oh yeah, right. You know who the big name was? Cole Giroux. He didn't help the Florida Panthers one bit. 
Yeah, I honestly sit in the same boat. I was t- when we had dregs on yesterday. I was asking who maybe the fringe guys are uh, on the market that that could make a difference on their team, and it's it's hard to identify at this point of the year. But we've heard the name like Patrick Kane swirling around in this market a lot lately. What do you think of a name like that? Is it uh, is it more of just a name thing at this point in his career? We've heard maybe there's an injury there. He hasn't been as productive. Yeah, he hasn't been productive as the team stinks. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you're going to if you're going to start uh, diminishing uh, Pat K- uh, Patrick Kane and his abilities, like because the team stinks, I'd be very careful with that. Now that being said, you know, he, he, here's what I would say: I'm never ever going to diminish Patrick Kane ever. Not, just not going to happen. Is that what the Toronto Maple Leafs need? Not for me. Like, Patrick Kane would not be even probably... No, he's not high on my list, but I think he's high on a lot of people's list because of the name and because of what he's brought. I'm asking you the question. I don't care whose list he's high on. (laughs) I ask the question. Is he what the Toronto Maple Leafs need? I don't think so. Well, there we go. So, great. You get a big name and it's not what they need. (laughs) Exactly. Like, to me, like, Craig... I guess uh, let's put your GM hat back on. What do the Toronto Maple Leafs need then? Like, what's that missing piece in your mind that if you were the GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs that you'd be targeting on deadline day? A bulky defenseman, a bulky winger, and I'd even try to bulk up some of the down-the-lineup guys if I could. I want, Listen, you're not going to win unless you, you, you have some size in your lineup come play. It's a grind. It's a grind. And you know what? Like, I don't know where Miles Wood's at. You know, as I said this about Miles Wood, Miles Wood, Lawson Kraus, those are guys I want on my team going into the playoffs. Those are the types of players I want. You know what? Are they big names? No. Are they available? I have no idea if they're available. I'm just telling you the types of players I want. And and people say this, you know, I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant here. I like it. Well, you know, the Tampa Bay Lightning, have they not been a model for paying a price to improve their team and give their players a chance? Absolutely. You know, like they, they traded Nolan Foote and a first-round draft pick to get Blake Coleman. Oh, what are they doing there? They traded their first-round draft pick to get Barkley Goudreau. You know what they were doing? They were helping their team be better. And that's exactly what ended up happening. Two Stanley Cups with those guys. You know what? It's about identifying what you need. And, and, and where uh, where players can help you, who those players are, and then being willing to pay the price. You know, the other thing I hear, oh, the price is hot. Oh, yeah, good. I can tell you there's a lot higher price to to not paying the price to help your, your star players. And Toronto's in that boat. The Edmonton Oilers are in that boat. Tampa Bay, Julian Breesman has never hesitated. Maybe managers should be watching what he does instead of worrying about big names. Well, I think, well, so this year more than maybe most, I think you put out your NHL draft rankings uh, yesterday, I believe, on TSN.ca, perhaps the day before, and this seems like a very deep class. Like, there was a lot of uh, super talented players that we saw at the World Junior Championships that'll be in this draft. I mean, could that be impacting, you know, maybe teams' unwillingness to move on from first-round picks and to make those big splashes? Because, I mean, it seems like this is a very talented draft. I can only tell you this. The teams that need to give our first-round draft picks aren't getting a shot at those guys. Well, <laughs> they aren't. I, there's like, some teams. Like, you're telling me the Toronto Maple Leafs straight in the first-round draft pick have a shot at a top-ten pick? 
I'm not saying the Toronto Maple Leafs. I, I wouldn't say oh, that. Yeah. But let's let's Ooh. look at. I'm going to take a look at the standings. And there are some. There's always teams on the outside looking in that make a trade and end up giving up a pick that ends up in like in the lottery. I mean, if we look at let's look at the West, the team that's kind of teetering. They're on the the brink. Let's look at uh, the Edmonton Oilers. Let's say right. Like this is a team that right now uh, hovering in a playoff spot. Yeah. If they miss out on the playoffs, I mean, they could be giving up a top. If they win the lottery, it could turn into a top five pick. They can't turn into Connor Bedard, but it still could turn into a top five pick. They move up ten spots. Well, that's great. Uh, so hold on to your first round draft pick. that will help you in four years' time, <laughs> and leave Drysaitel and McDavid hanging out to dry. Yeah. That's a great plan. Great plan. <laughs> that's why I'm not a general manager in the NHL. <laughs> You're gearing more towards a general manager in the NFL, right? That's, that's right. The... I'm more of an yeah. NFL right. general manager. That's <laughs> well, right. That's great. All I know is this: the the price. Uh, to be paid for not helping McDavid and Drysaddle is far greater than the price of acquiring a player and giving up your first-round draft pick, in my opinion. So do you expect Kenny Holland to be really aggressive at the deadline here? Because at some point, that, that team's got to win. <laughs> it's not so much about winning. It's about giving your chance to yourselves a better chance to win. Yeah. And as their defense is currently constructed, they're not going to win. They're not going to compete for a Stanley Cup. Can they make the playoffs? Yeah. Maybe they could. I think they can make the playoffs, but can they compete for the cup? Not at all. Not with that. And let me be very clear about the blue line. That blue line, I think, is played to their capabilities. It's not like it's not like they're having players that are underperforming. It's just not good enough to play against the best teams. So unless you go look and improve in it, you know what? You're not gonna. You're not gonna get there. Yeah, they can use a couple of saves out there too. That's the, the That'd it's, be it's a mess from the blue line back. I mean, up front, you can't pretty change good. the goaltending though. You're locked into the goaltending. Yeah, so it's a change problem. what you can change and strengthen where you can strengthen. That's reality. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I think they're getting Evander Kane back next week. Hopefully, that'll help them. He he was a big boost last year when he came to the team. Well, yeah, thirteen goals and fifteen playoff games. So hopefully, that can kind of inject some something into that squad because uh, they they certainly need some help if they're they're going to want to make a run here at the playoffs. Uh, Craig, appreciate it as always, and uh, we'll chat again next week. Okay, thanks. You have a great day and a great weekend. You as well. There he goes, Craig Button or TSN hockey analyst. Fired up on a Thursday. I love it. I love the energy. So, where is this Patrick Kane love coming from? From Leafs Nation. Why does it's Patrick-, Patrick Kane like like I I it's Patrick Kane. I I get it's Patrick Kane, but like I mean, what it would take to 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 get him is one thing, but also to Craig's point, I don't think he's what they need. They have a bunch of of very highly skilled forwards. I mean, I think. That what this team needs is something a little different. You know, like up at the top of my list is more of the, you know, Bo Horvats, the the Ryan O'Reillys, yeah, like those guys. I agree with you. I, I I'm on that boat too. Patrick Kane is just definitely the flashiest name that's rumored yeah. to be out there right now. Flyer scouts were in the building last night. Ooh. JVR. Provorov. Interesting. Konechny. Perhaps <laughs> I had a little bit of a so I, I you'll notice that I was looking at you blankly night. for a moment and I was like wait why was JVR there no <laughs> no no no, no but now I'm on board and now my brain is clicking at uh, a human pace and I understand that'd be an interesting reunion does it blow your mind somebody pointed this out the other day JVR went on two <laughs> I almost said playoff runs JVR participated in two postseasons with this like Matthews Marner. Core. That's yeah. crazy to me somehow. 
Seems like another lifetime. Yeah, it seems like he's been gone forever. Yeah. Like, he left with Phil, but he didn't. He actually stuck around for exactly. a couple more years. Like, Bozak was around for a couple of... It's yeah. just weird to me somehow. Yeah. It, it, seems like different eras. Because it, it was, right? Like, that. he was kind of part of the transition into the Matthews era. Yeah. And then his contract was up, and they said, we now are paying these guys all the money, so... You can't come back, unfortunately. You got paid like seven sheets, I think, on like a six or seven year deal in Philly. It was a crazy contract. But it's UFA now, and I think there's a lot of teams that could be interested in a player like that. He still can score. He's still great around the nets, which is, you know, I've always said that's where a lot of the goals come in the playoffs. Somebody texted us. I think, and this is re Patrick Kane, I think it's because the last few years in the playoffs, the Leafs couldn't score a goal. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, but you need. I, I I would argue. Again, but it's not because they don't have the talent to score the goal. It's because they don't have the type of players. They need those bullish guys exactly. in front that's going to knock somebody out of the way to and, get a puck in the back. To of this person's point, like Patrick Kane has gone on to win Stanley Cup, so clearly he knows how to score in the he playoffs. Knows what's up, yeah. But uh, I, I don't know. I I just think like Mitch Marner is like a carbon copy of what Patrick Kane brings. Now having two of them would be great, but like. Look what Willie did last night. Yeah. Like, I'm not at all saying that Willie's on the level of Marner and Kane, but he could bring you a lot of those elements, the playmaking elements. Like, he's a smart, cerebral player. Like, he really, truly is. And in his defense, like, for the years that the goals have dried up in the playoffs, it's usually Willie that leads the team in the playoffs. Yeah, actually, you're right. Like, he's he's been probably the most consistent player for uh, for the Maple Leafs when it comes to being a playoff performer. Like, last year, finally, Mitch scored after, what, like, 18 or 19 games? Oh, God, of I, I remember the levity you could see on him after that moment when he yeah, finally put one just, in like, the monkey off the back type of stuff. So, um, yeah, we'll see if, uh, we'll, we'll see what Kyle's up to. But I guarantee you, a deal will be made. I think it'll be an impactful player. Not sure if it's up front, on the back end, but there's, there's room to be... There's room for improvement on this roster, I think, or at least to strengthen it. Yep. And I think Dubas knows that. This is the year to do it and uh, maybe a push-all-the-chips-in type of move. Uh, March 3rd's a trade deadline, so we'll kind of have that circled on the calendar. Uh, it's your last chance to qualify for the pro line between the benches seats for Leafs and Islanders on January 23rd. At some point in the next hour, we'll be opening up the phone lines, and that'll be your cue to call for your chance to qualify. So make sure that you stay tuned to Leafs Lunch and uh, give yourself a chance to win those seats right between the benches in behind where MJ stands. It's, it's a good spot. It wow. is a good spot to be, I can tell you that. Uh, all right, on the other side, we'll dig into last night's game. Julie and I will do. we got Stay or Go coming up next. We'll also be joined by uh, Frank Corrado at 105. He was on the broadcast last night. He'll be on the broadcast on television tonight on uh, TSN 4. On television? Yeah. Maple yeah, Leafs, Leafs and Red Wings tonight at uh, 7 o'clock. But we'll dig back into last night's Stay or Go coming up next. I'm Mike DiStefano with Julia Teixeira. You'll listen to Leafs Lunch here on TSN 1050. Now, back to Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. Well, I suppose we should get going. All right, everybody, stay right where you are. Get the hell out of here. No, you stay here. You got to get going, so go. I'm sorry you came. Time now for stay. Nobody got a gun to your head. Or go. I'll be back. Let's go. Leafs 
Sisters will get you out of your car lease today. It's as easy as pie, a piece of cake. Avoid penalties and early termination fees. Visit leasebusters.com. Welcome back to Leafs Lunch. Julie Tashiri and Mike DiStefano with you. The Leafs took a really about as close as you could get victory over the Nashville Predators last night. 2-1. Some final minute magic from Mitch Marner. But as, as someone pointed out in text, and it, it's so true, it was mostly Willie Magic. He really sold that shot to get it over Oh yeah, to Mitch. So, it was sick. Like, they called, um, like on the call last night, on the goal call, they called Mitch the wizard. They, Joe Bowen. Joe Bowen, sorry. Joe Bowen, my favorite, called him the wizard. How do you not call Willie the wizard? Oh, we gotta get like you got. We gotta you got call Mitch, him. We gotta. Somebody's Mitch, gotta get him. Mitch on the is phone. the magician. Yeah. Right. Which I get it. Magician, magic, magic wizard. Mitch. They're all the yeah. same stuff. But it's like you got Magic Mitch and Willie the Wizard. It just it just makes sense. No, you're completely right on that. You know. Yeah. Might have to have a chat with Joe. Yep. 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 See where he's, he's usually very good at. with the nicknames. He's the, the best one I've ever heard. Jack Joe Campbell. One? Yeah. Oh. Jackie Nimble. Jack B. Quick, Jack stopped that with his goalie stick. And, and like I'll that never just forget that. Came, literally, he told us, and that just came to his head. Yeah, never really rehearsed it, or he said, "No, nah, just came, rolled off the tongue." How's that? If, if I tried to come up with something like that off the tongue, it would come out like gibberish, Madness. absolute gibberish. So, uh, what could stay? I guess we haven't done stays and goes in a while, eh? Joe Bonesies. Because we, on we Monday, didn't we do it yesterday? <laughs> Coming off for. Didn't we do it? No, we would do it. We did it Monday. Yeah. No, we don't do stays and goes on Monday, there do we? There was a game on Sunday, Julia. Remember? But we, do that, we don't do stays and goes on Mondays, do we? So I'm here's how I'm going to tell you that we did this. Because remember you were about to like get into, I don't know, something. And you're like, oh, no, wait. We got to do stay or go here. Oh, yeah. You're so right. Yeah. Because we had the back-to-back. Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. So then we did the stay no, or go No, but remember we didn't Monday. used to do it after the weekend. We used to do something else. If there were Saturday games. Anyways, not important. Not important. <laughs> you start. You bothered me. Let's get into uh, <laughs> let's get into the stays and goes from last night's game. Um, just goes to show how last night's was. Yeah, not the, not the best game. We're not yeah. that not that excited to oh, get man. to our stays or goes. You know when you're thinking about a show as a game as a game's going on, and I was like, Ugh, like is... you wanted to watch something else. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Put the channel on. Watch something oh, else. I love you, Leaps, but God, give me something. Yeah. You know, the, like Matt Murray was as close to maybe must watch though last night as he's been in a while. So, what did you think of that snowflake save, snow angel save? I was gonna say snowflake save. What? That's so mean. Um, <laughs> Is that an insult now? I like snowflakes. They fly around. <laughs> I don't know what that even means. But I, you know, I, I thought it was a great save. Like I think Tanner Janot didn't sh- didn't shoot it in the proper spot. Yeah, it was like peak desperation desperation save. Yeah, like out of out of Matt Murray, like for sure. But that's that's keeping up with the play, and I think he deserves credit for for that. Like realizing that he's got his back kind of turned to the play, but. You know, he, he well, I think he talked about it actually. So I should. He mentioned there was contact. Yeah, so why don't we hear from Matt Murray and then we could kind of discuss, I guess, how, you know, we feel about the save afterwards. So this is Matt Murray on uh, that save on Tanner Janot in the first period last night. Yeah, that was a crazy play. I just kind of got spun around. There was some contact after the first shot and kind of spun me around. So I was looking over my shoulder and saw the, the guy made a pass down to the back door so I knew I just had to kind of get something over there so I just kind of spun tried to try to get something there and he did just spun leaped and ended up keeping the puck out of the net <laughs> a lot of body there a lot of gear there so yeah sometimes I guess the yeah. odds are in your favor but he was great last night like that's that's what I want to stay like 2016 17 playoff level Matt Murray 
that that's what needs to stay. Um, made 32 stops last night on 33 shots, 11 high danger saves last night, and was a one uh, 1.5 goal saved above expected as well. Leafs fans just so traumatized with goaltending. I, I love a good game like this out of Matt Murray. It's awesome. He's he's been good. He was so good, and his numbers on the year as a whole are excellent. This tragic thing is that Leafs Nation is so ultimately traumatized by goaltending that it only takes one kind of dicey game. Yeah, for everyone to be wrong. like, oh, <laughs> great, it's over. You're not wrong. It was the it, pumpkin stories come out. It, it's it's understandable. Like, it's very human because we've seen right. this kind of thing before. Well, while you were away, right? There was that three. Four I couldn't even look stretch. while I was away. <laughs> well, they both had like the three four game stretch. So it was kind of like three weeks between the two of them. Yeah, where it was dicey. Like Sam Snavi giving up. Or I think between the two of them, they'd given up like five goals in back to back games, and it was like, uh oh, are we? seeing some deja vu here but murray's come out now it's two straight really good performances last night maybe you know one of the best that he's had all year long and and one where they needed him to be as good as he was which was great and and it wasn't just that save like he made a number of of real quality saves to that entire game i think i saw they had 23 slot shots last night the uh the nashville predators so like they were in and around his you know goal crease and and in very good favorable scoring positions all night um so i I think that you got to give him a, a lot of credit to uh, to how he played last night, ensuring that the Maple Leafs had the best chance to win. So, absolutely, the Lilligren Sandine pairing last night was really impressive to me. Mm-hmm. Sandine through those first two periods, uh, I, I think at the end of the game, by the numbers, Lilligren was actually their most effective or, or best defenseman. But Sandine through the first two period, the ninety nine point three percent expected goals through the first two. So wow. he had a crazy first two periods. It kind of came down it, to earth. In the- was it Sandine who flipped the puck up from Nylander on the uh, on the breakaway there? I think so. He has so many breakaways. It was a great. It was just like, it's just we a smart play. It's like you see Willie, he's got a little bit of an edge and he's got the speed clearly. Like, just shoot the puck up, let him skate onto it and go in on a, on a, on a breakaway. And Willie's been, you know, a wizard when he gets the puck in alone um, and he scores a lot. Uh, UC Soros came up big and made the stop there. Obviously, he didn't score the goal. But, you know, I, I, I think that, uh, yeah, it's just another notable play that Sandine made, a very smart play, um, just kind of noticing that that was an outlet and an option for him to make. It was almost, I'm not going to put it on the level of, of Eric Carlson's was a few years ago in the playoffs oh, yeah. there. That was just the most insane kind of pitching catch. But it was a very smart play by Rasmus Sandin. Yeah, th- this pairing grows on me every game that I I, told, I think that we're going to like we're going to be talking about Timmy Lilligren as a top 4 defenseman by the end of the year. Like he had play last night too where he faked a shot, kind of curled the puck around, yes. got a shooting lane, found it and then shot, didn't end up in the back of the net, but it was a quality scoring chance. There was traffic there and he found the way through traffic and ended up going wider than that, but you know, he created that shooting lane himself. And just the fact that his shot is a real viable threat, which now, we yeah. didn't really know. <laughs> That's right. Until recently. Which is funny. Um but obviously I think we got to talk a little bit about Willie Styles yeah. last night because he was electric that first period. He was dancing like as great as Matt Murray was when you know all, all the reporters up in the gondolas kind of stand up and they just start you know chit-chatting about what's going on the first thing that people said was Willie's buzzing tonight Willie is dancing yeah. like he, every single play ended up being like a, a net positive like the puck just ended up on a stick the entire time he was making all the right reads all the right plays which was kind of crazy because he was playing a position that's somewhat foreign to him as as a centerman 
Right, so yeah. I thought that that it was just really exceptional what he was able to do last night. A couple of assists, obviously the the assist on on the game winner on the power play, um, and then made the play to take the puck to the net on the Tavares goal. Got the assist there as well. Uh, four shots on net for himself. A couple of takeaways. Outshot opponents seventeen to eight when he was out there on the ice. Seven high danger chances when he was out there on the ice, making things happen. Um, and twenty one minutes fourteen seconds of, of ice time. So you know, in general, I thought that Willie was. Outside of Matt Murray, their best player, certainly their best skater on the night. And, and you know, that wizard Willie, Willie Styles, whatever you want to call it, the way he played last night, that could stay because that is going to give this team a lot of success moving forward. If they got him going, Mara going, Tavares now has goals in, what, four straight games. Matthews, yeah. once he gets back, um, which could be tonight, we'll see, still a game-time decision. Team's in good shape, especially if they're going to get the type of goaltending they got last night. This team is in good shape moving forward. Yeah, makes a difference. Uh, goes. So, like you mentioned, the update that we see out of Leafs Media, who's in Detroit right now, is that Austin Matthews will be a game-time decision. Mm-hmm. I didn't guess I'd say. He probably probably not. Yeah. yeah, probably not. Especially, I'm thinking Detroit tonight, Nashville last night, two kind of meh teams, but then they've got a really big one. Boston. against Boston on Saturday. So you want him to be locked and loaded for that one. Absolutely. But my go, interestingly enough, we talked about how abysmal the power play was until it finally converted right towards the end. Uh, so we can't nag on that because Sheldon Keefe, Sheldon Keefe had a good point Oh, there. I can nag on it. I'll nag on it for a second. My go with games without <laughs> Ross Matthews it was horrifically boring. <laughs> I feel like that was a factor maybe. But, you know, I guess that's one of those. I, I was listening to different people talking about this game and somebody mentioned i forget where i saw this but oh kind of a playoff type feel with a really low scoring low event kind of game that they mm-hmm. ended up grinding out i don't know if i'd go that far but i guess if they can win one like that it's good to win games in different ways so i mean maybe this is something we can get into on the other side maybe we will talk about this whole what's going on with Austin Matthews right now. But really quickly, I guess my last go before we take a break here and, and get to that discussion. I'm going to poo-poo the power play for a little bit here. I know Sheldon <laughs> yeah. Keith um, had a, had that you know kind of cute line yesterday saying, you know, uh, coach will keep his mouth shut when the power play wins you the game like they did last night. But up until that point, legitimately the ugliest power play I think I've seen all year. And the numbers legitimately will agree with that because it was the season worst 2.02 expected goals for per 60 last night. Their season average is nine, nine goals. So they were seven, seven goals per 60 minutes below their expected average on the season. The league worst expected <laughs> goals per 60 is the Habs at 5.22. Like it was that bad. They could not break the puck into the zone. Every single time they tried, the the Predators would just step up and knock the puck off, and they'd have to reload. It was so... And you talk about, you know, why was this game so boring? That's why. They got clogged up in the neutral zone almost every single time they're on the power play, which they're on the power play five times. So that's, what, nearly ten minutes, I guess, of power play time that they had in that game. It was very slow and boring power play time. They didn't have a whole lot of opportunities, and finally it, it broke through in the end. But up until that point, the worst power play that this team has like put out there all season long. Yeah, and hopefully that's not a trend that continues. No, now to your point, like Austin Matthews wasn't there, yep. who's arguably their biggest power play weapon. Yep. Biggest shot, biggest threat. But still, I mean, I just don't understand how a team and it's so funny. Maybe we could talk about this with Frankie when he joins us in about fifteen minutes. 
how a team can look so good at five on five, but the second that you go up a man and one guy comes off the ice on the opposition's team, now all of a sudden you can't break into the zone? Yeah. Like, there's a less guy to get through, and somehow you just can't do it. I just don't. Sometimes this sport doesn't make sense to me. No, most of the time hockey doesn't make sense. And, uh, ooh, that's actually a decent segue. Before we go, A.B., do we want to touch on officiating? It's not really our thing, but I don't want. To, I don't. I don't really care to touch on officiating. But like that, are you talking about the the hit on David Camp last the night? The Camp one. I, I always find it hilarious after games when both teams' fan bases are kind of mad about the officiating. That's that to me is a sign that like eh, things work what out. What's Nashville here. upset with? I don't. I'm Nashville's. I. I was there a miss a miss call on uh, on Toronto at some point? That in Nashville their opinion, was it was about? there was, but I, I don't know what specific instance. There was just a lot of buzz on the timeline. Nashville fans not overly happy, Leaf fans not overly happy, and I guess if they're both not happy, wound up pretty even officiating wise. Yeah. But the camp hit uh, camp apparently feeling well by all reports. Well, he by returned the way. to the game, so that was that was good. Like he left the bench, yeah. and then returned to the game pretty late, um, and then helped kill off like the final 30 seconds there got that last shift in to try and help uh, seal the deal so you know it's, it's it was a good sign to see him come back to the game and yeah as you noted he spoke today and says that he feels fine the play the lack of um, call what did you think i i thought i thought that it was actually definitely accidental contact but it was still interference nonetheless at the very least interference yeah and it did look like there was contact to the head and it was east west i don't know if there's going to be any type of uh i don't believe there's going to be any type of like supplementary discipline um, I don't know if we've heard anything on that or if you saw anything that said that the league's going to have a discussion about this, but um, it should have been interference at the very least. Like that, that was a total blown call. And the weird part was how they got together and huddled and talked about it. That's what I thought was and weird then too. Still didn't make the call. It's like look up on the jumbotron and you're literally watching this thing and this play happening. And even Sheldon Keith did they like, have it on the jumbotron? Yeah, they did. And you could clear as day see that it was an interference call and that it, there was east west contact to the head side hit. Like you could have called a couple of different penalties. And the fact that nothing, <laughs> nothing was done about it was was really, you know, I'm sure it ticked off Sheldon Keefe. Yeah, but. I'm surprised they even played that one. I learned something interesting when I was at the World Juniors that when both the NHL and the IIHF have asked that when a play is kind of borderline, I know we have to go, that it does not get shown on the mm. in-house jumbotron, so they don't get well, any fan reaction. I, I believe, like, home teams, if something goes against them, like, they might not show what happens up on the jumbotron. Right. But, but apparently it's been asked, like, if it's borderline, yeah. don't show it. Which would make sense at IIHF, because, like, there is no home team, I yeah. guess. So it's like, I mean, there is a host nation, but, like, Canada is the away team. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I guess that would make sense that they just kind of make things as even Stephen as possible. But, yeah, I did think that was a miss. But they made it up, I guess, with a double minor on, on Morgan Riley. That's not a makeup call. Shut that was such the... a blatant. Yeah, but that was a discussion, too. Yeah, like, it, it didn't crazy. look like they were going to call it at first. They missed it, and then they realized, oh, the guy's missing teeth. They huddled together. <laughs> okay, I guess we should call this one since we missed the last one. I don't... And luckily, it turned out to be the, the game winner off of that one. So, um, you know, I guess the hockey gods were, were in Toronto's favor for missing out on the camp one. They got the double minor on the Riley and ended up resulting in a game-winning goal. All right, we got to fly. We got uh, Frank Corrado coming up in, in a little bit. And uh, we're also going to get into uh, you know our Thursday three-pack, kind of tearing up these teams yeah. as to where everyone stands. So that'll be a lot of fun, too. I'm Mike DiStefano with Julie Tichere. You listen to Leafs Lunch here on TSN 1050.
Leafs Lunch is brought to you by Vanilla Visa prepaid cards available for purchase at Petro Canada, the perfect gift for any occasion. Leafs Lunch, Julie Tichiri, Mike DiStefano with you. Big 2-1 win over the Nashville Predators last night. They've got Detroit tonight. We're going to have Frankie Corrado on in the next 10 or so. He'll be on the panel tonight. Yep. Big debut for Frank the Tank. Yeah, man. I, I'm, I'm excited. He told me last night, he's like, guess who's uh, on the panel tomorrow? I'm like, oh, who's going to be on? He's like, your guy. I'm like, Pierre Engvall's going to be on the Leafs panel? What? And he's like, guy, come on. You're a guy. I'm like, you? Oh, my no gosh. You said nice Pierre Engvall? I was a joke. You're come so on. funny. I, I, I didn't know he was referring to himself at first. And uh, then when he said, you're a guy, and looked at me, I was like, oh, it's actually you. Like, let's go. I love it. So I'm, uh, I'm excited. He's going to be on in a couple of minutes. We'll see where his head's at heading into it, because the Bob father's on. That makes a big difference, to be honest. Oh, huge difference. He's such a nice man. Bob is the best, and he'll make Frankie so comfortable, too. Uh, talking about debuts, we haven't mentioned Bobby McMahon mm-hmm. at all yet, who had, I thought, a pretty good debut as a Leaf, around 11 minutes to start his NHL career. His family ended up making it. Uh, his dad, Cecil's hitting the road on the yeah. father's trip. And yeah, uh, as per Bobby, apparently he was just as surprised as we anticipated he would be when he showed up to Toronto with one day's worth of clothes to, to watch his son play, and so he's hitting the road now. You didn't spoil it for him yesterday. No, I didn't, so luckily. You're, you're off the hook. Luckily, off the hook I'm off the hook. But um, I could see what's there with Bobby McMahon. I saw the North-South. I could see the yeah. playmaking. Definitely something there. Uh, wouldn't mind seeing him get a couple more games. But like we said, Austin Matthews, game-time decision tonight. So we shall see. I think Bobby McMahon, um, I liked what I saw out of him last night as well. I, I think that he just plays a simple game. At the end of the day, and I think that's what the Maple Leafs need in the bottom six: people who can play simple, play north-south. Yeah, he's got a little bit of size, and he wasn't afraid to use it. Like he was leaning on guys, forced a couple turnovers. Really good on the forecheck. Um, he showed off that speed a couple of times to get you know first man on the puck. So I, I liked what he saw. Some smart moves, some you know detailed plays. A well-detailed player, I think, is is uh, what I would classify him as: a well-detailed player who's got speed and a bit of a motor. Had a couple opportunities to, to make some plays to set up some things. I think, you know, he's, he's, he's got a chance in this league. Yeah. Yeah. We'll I see like if he it. plays tonight. Because, uh, you know, we still do not know officially if Austin Matthews is going to play. It's going to be a game-time decision. But if he does sit, I would imagine Bobby McMahon will uh, will get into his second game with the... You know, his father in the stands, I guess, so nice. in Detroit. So, yeah, it'll be nice. Uh, we'll chat about that and, and a whole lot more. Frank Corrado is going to join us on the other side. I'm Mike DiStefano with Julia Tesheri. Second hour of Leafs Lunch coming up next.